Hello everyone and welcome back to Partners in Crime. I'm Kaylee. And I'm Caroline and today we're going to be doing the Shannon and Christopher case. This is a local case to Knoxville. It happened back in 2007. Shannon Christian was 21 at the time and a student at UT studying sociology and her boyfriend Christopher Newsom was 23 at the time. Both of them grew up in the Knoxville area. Shannon was from the Farragut area and Christopher was from the Halls community. On the night of January 6th, they were ambushed and carjacked in a parking lot off of a North Knoxville apartment complex. They were taken in Shannon's Toyota 4Runners to a rental house off of Chipman Street in East Knoxville. The house belonged to the group's ringleader, Lamarcus Davidson. They were beaten, raped, and tortured. Christopher was killed within a few hours and his body was set on fire. Shannon was kept at the house for another day and was repeatedly assaulted during this time. She was eventually wrapped in garbage bags and left in a trash can to suffocate. There were five people arrested for the crime. It was Lamarcus Davidson, as you said, he was the ringleader. And he actually received a death sentence because he was found guilty for the facilitation of rape to Chris. They didn't charge him with raping Chris, which I think is strange. They just charged him with facilitating it, like thinking of doing it, which I think is so weird. Then Latalvis Cobbins um, received a life sentence. George Thomas and Vanessa Coleman were charged as an accessory to the crime. Um, and Eric Boyd was only charged with um, carjacking, and he is serving 18 years. And he helped the uh, suspects ev evade the police, and that's why he got arrested. So Judge Richard Baumgartner proceeded over the 2009 trials. It came out later, he was coming to court high on painkillers. And so obviously there had to be a retrial. They only did George Thomas and Latavis Coppins, and they still got the same charges because, of course, they did it, and that him coming to court high had no like that didn't affect it really um but the interesting part is i was talking to my sister about this and she had mentioned her college professor had a daughter that went to ut um whose name was morgan lee mccartney and during the fall of 2006 on, a, on the homecoming weekend she was crossing the street with a group of friends and she was struck by a car and the driver kept going. He fled the scene and Morgan died on the street. Um, the driver was identified as a 28-year-old Jason Stank. Um, Stank claims he was not driving, of course, he said that, um, but one of the friends who was with Morgan that night identified him in a photographic lineup. So he had spent eight months in jail before being released on bond. Only eight months? Well, they, like, he hadn't been sentenced yet, so they arrested him. He spent eight months in jail, and then they were like, okay, you can get out on bond um, until your sentencing hearing. Well, he never came back. <laughs> he, he dipped. So Judge Richard Baumgartner, our old friend, which I don't know if he was probably on prescription painkillers during this time, quite oh, honestly. Yeah. Um, Wait, what year was the hit and run? 2006. Yeah, he's definitely, he definitely was on them. Right. So Judge Richard Baumgartner ended up issuing a warrant for his arrest. Okay, so let's recap. Jason Stink has committed vehicular homicide. He left the scene of the crime and he failed to show up to his hearing. So how many years do you think he would get? A lot. 
like he should be in jail for a decent amount of time. Like double digits, maybe a little less. I would say double digits. Okay. He faced a maximum of two years. <laughs> what? And you want to know how many he served? Nine oh, months. Nine months. Nine months. For hitting a a a person, leaving the scene and leaving them to die, and then not coming back. Like, and you only get nine months for that? That's crazy. So how? yes. How? Like what? He murdered somebody and fled the police. Right. Right. And he served nine months. Nine months. Well, I think because they counted the eight months he spent before. That shouldn't count. <laughs> but I think two years. That that's homicide. Two you years ran somebody over. Yeah, he killed someone. What's so, like the typical murder charge? Um, yeah, because it would be third degree, is that? Or man- it would be manslaughter, vehicular manslaughter. Because he didn't mean to do it, obviously. Hopefully. It's really just a year. To hit somebody? Vehicular manslaughter while intoxicated isn't for not more than a year. Or two to four years, depending on the... Four years. That's insane. <laughs> Why is that so short of a sentence? Especially with the way that they made it seem in the articles I read. She was crossing the street, like, legally. It's not yeah, like she was... Was it like a red light? That's what they made it seem like. Because, mm-hmm. um, like I said, it... She was crossing with a group of friends. I would assume that... I picture this on, like, Cumberland in 17th. So I feel like it was a red light and he probably ran it and hit Mm -hmm. her. Well, so because of that, he only served nine months. Obviously, her mother's outraged. So there is now a law that was passed in honor of Morgan. It was passed in 2008. And it ensures that harsher punishments will be given to those who leave the scene of the crime in which death occurs. So the law requires that the sentence for leaving the scene of the accident must be served consecutive to any other sentence that the defendants have. So the the way that I took this is if you were charged with um, fleeing the scene of the crime, vehicular homicide, and like drunk driving, you would have to serve all three of those, like not at the same time. So you have to do it like one after the other because I think that's why he only, because like, like the charges that I named, like vehicular homicide, leaving scene of the crime and failing to show up to the hearing, the failing to show up to the hearing, I feel like should be enough for a year because they're like, yeah. you're running away. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. There were also laws passed because of the Shannon and Christopher case. Um, There was two laws passed. The first one is the Shannon Christian Act. Um, It was signed into law in 2014, and it clarified the rules regarding character evidence and trials. Um, It was in response to um, people saying that they were um, on drugs when the murders happened, and it basically um, it prevents people from using slander against the victims um, in the trials. So, like, they couldn't say, oh, she was on drugs. That's why this happened. Um, basically protecting people from that. 
Then the other uh, law was the Chris Newsom Act, and it was signed into law in 2014 as well. And it creates the presumption that a judge acts as the 13th juror following a unanimous verdict. After the original preceding judge, Richard Baumgartner, stepped down and ended up going to federal prison, the next judge granted a new trial to George Thomas because he said he because he said he couldn't act as the 13th juror because he had not been there for the testimony linking Thomas to the murders. So this just allows the new judge to act as the 13th juror when the jury's verdict is unanimous. The Shannon law is super important because I feel like with cases like with a murder of a sex worker, for example, they might say, well, she shouldn't have been out on the street dressed like that at that time if she didn't want to be raped and murder. Like, for example, like that has nothing to do with it. Yeah. Like the person was murdered. It doesn't matter if Shannon was going to buy drugs from anyone brutally murdered. Well, that's yeah. a really important, important law. I'm surprised yeah. that wasn't a thing already. And it took till 2014 for them to do that. Like, Seven years after it. Mm -hmm. Well, that is all for the case today. Thank you for listening. Come back next week and we'll have a new case to talk about.